It's time for Bourbon with Friends, the bourbon podcast that never takes itself too seriously. Pull up a chair, grab a glass, and remember, a bourbon with friends can change the world. Here we go. Hello again, and welcome to another episode of Bourbon with Friends. Tonight, we have a very fun episode in store for you guys. Um, AJ is back. What's up, AJ? Yeah, back again. Finally not working. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure like people are like, did did, you, did he die, or did he leave, run away? Or Well, you just schedule everything while I'm working. <laughs> Which was every day. Yeah, pretty much. Basically. <laughs> and uh, we also have a special guest host tonight. Uh, you might know them from Basement Rick House on Instagram and most importantly, the TikTok. We have Logan with us. How's it going, buddy? The TikTok, as they say. So we, as, we, as the kids say. We specialize in bourbon and dancing. Yes. So that's, that's what we do is the choreographed dancing. <laughs> The TikTok. <laughs> the TikTok, as they say. I feel like there's a video coming on. Oh, there is. It's already there. You, really? It, it, no. Okay. No, well, there won't be. Th- there really needs to be. It's, it's in the drafts. He's That's just right. Hasn't yeah. We won't it release the world that. Yet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the world's not ready for that. <laughs> and uh, our uh, special guest with us tonight is Woodenville Development Manager, uh, Ariel Yan. We she married into it is what she told us so um she's like shit i shouldn't have said that now happily, it's happily, happily married happily yes. it was not coerced um and so we're really excited because we've had to reschedule this like four times i think yes it was Probably. multiple times approximately it, at least four times i don't i don't Allegedly. even remember all yeah <laughs> i don't even remember what it was for so um Really excited to have you. Really excited to try uh, try the bourbon that, that you brought for us. Um, but why don't you kind of start by giving us, um, a, let, let everybody out there know a little bit more about Woodenville and kind of lo- what your role is with the company. Yes, definitely. Well, thanks so much for having me on. I'm excited to talk all things whiskey. I snuck a rye in there too. So three bourbons and a rye for you. This poor, week. poor JC not here. Rye not. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Oh, see what she did there? Yeah. Rye not. Rye not. Rye not. Oof. Smart and a sense of humor. This, this is, is going to be, be a good, good. one. This going to be dad, dad jokes. And- I, <laughs> I do love a good dad joke. So Woodenville was founded by two best friends, Brett and Orland. They had gone to high school and college together. And their dream was to always go into business, but never quite knew what to do. So when the laws changed in 2008, where you could legally distill in Washington, they were like, all right, we love drinking whiskey. Let's make some whiskey. So they cashed in their 401k, sold their home, started applying for small business loans, finally got enough capital uh, to have our original distillery, which is about a mile down the road from where we are now. We got all this equipment in, quickly realized they had no idea how to distill. Distillation textbooks weren't as easy as mm-hmm. we thought it would be. It's not like science class where you're distilling some water or anything like that. That would have been so. an awesome science class, by the way. Yes. Yeah. I yes. mean, I feel like they should have that here in Kentucky. They have it now. The, rule, the rural was. schools do. <laughs> it's an after-school program. Called Backyard Chemistry. <laughs> So they got Dave Pickerell to come out. Um, we were his first consulting project after he retired from Makers. So a big honor to learn from one of the best in the industry. Sad he's no longer with us, but they like to say he's not only a mentor, but became a friend. So he blind tasted Brett and Orland on all of our different mash bills. We ended up with a high rye bourbon. It's 72% corn, 22% rye, and 6% malted barley. There will be a quiz later, so remember that. Shit. Just kidding. Give me the bottle. <laughs> Logan, hand the bottle over. Yep. But all those grains are grown over at the Omelin family farm in Quincy, Washington, which is about two and a half hours east from our distillery right outside of Seattle. It's in the town of Woodenville. 
And then the Almond Family Farm is the third generation family farm that grows our grain forest non-GMO, and we age our whiskey on their property as well. Awesome. So huge temperature fluctuations over in eastern Washington, really cold winters, really hot summers. Similar to Kentucky, biggest difference is it's a lot drier in eastern Washington. They only get about 10 inches of precipitation or less a year. And so we have one-story rickhouses. Sounds a little familiar to Four Roses, but yep. that way we can control how hot it's going to get at the top because if we went six stories high with all that dry heat, uh, we'd probably lose most of that barrel. So in those right. five years, we lose about 5% anyway. And their dream was just to make the best whiskey they could using Washington State ingredients. So the only thing we're not getting from Washington is our barrels. Uh, the wood does not grow, white oak, excuse me, does not grow hardy or plentiful out there. So it's coming from Independent Stave out of Lebanon, Missouri. We did 18-month seasoning of the wood, heavy toast, heavy tar. So as a Kentucky girl myself, the yes, I like to brag on this Washington whiskey, and now I'm selling Washington whiskey. So well, it's definitely got a good color. So all the grain is grown in, like, right next to Woodville and everything in that area. Yes, yeah, so just about two and a half hours east, where we are in western Washington is a little gray and rainy to grow too much grain. There is some malted barley grown on that side of the mountain. But over in eastern Washington, that's where you have all your apple orchards, all the vineyards for Washington wine, and a lot of other stuff. And I think more potatoes than Idaho. Do you employ any Cullens? Any Cullens? No. <laughs> <laughs> they, can't, they can't come out in the day. You know? <laughs> no, they can. They just sparkle. <laughs> They work the night shift. See, I mean, look at that. Yeah. We got it all figured out. Yeah, next See, year I, we... I missed the twilight thing, so it took me a minute for you. Paul's a big fan. Who are the you gotta... Yeah, massive fan. Who is that? Yeah. I Ro- happen to Ro- Forks. Robert Pattinson playing Batman. It just gets me, <laughs> let me tell you. I'm just super happy about that one. So I, I'm a nerd when it comes to stuff like this, but Woodenville. Yes. It, is that a town? It is the town. Okay. It's about 19 miles from downtown Seattle. Chateau St. Michel is headquartered there. It's really known for wine country. There's over 100 winery tasting rooms in the town. It used to be all agricultural land, and now most of it is vineyards. Well, not vineyards. They're not growing the grapes. They're just winery tasting rooms and then wine production as well. So hence some of the finished. Yes. So our first port cask finished bourbon was a Oregon winery that they opened. Uh, or excuse me, that Tory Moore gave us two port barrels. And then the Muscatel Subatel finish, which is our harvest release. We try to celebrate the grains being harvested every year by having a harvest release. Those barrels are now all coming from Portugal. Okay, that's pretty cool. That's I, we're, I'm hearing that a lot with some of the finished stuff from like Spain, Portugal, and, and stuff like that. Because Jess talked through yeah. that a little bit. And you're starting to see a lot of that coming from overseas. It's people just trying different things. I feel like all the finishing kind of goes through their phases, you know, and right now a lot of Madeiras and things are popular. So yeah. getting a lot of those Spanish ones. So why don't we try the first one? Which one are we trying first? I would say our flagship bourbon whiskey. Okay. And then while we're doing that, why don't you kind of give everyone a background into your whiskey journey? Like I know you're Kentucky girl, right? Like that, not everybody's like, Oh, that means you have to like whiskey. Yes, did, you, it does. did you notice Logan already did the cork pop into the mic though? Yes, like, I did. He held it right He's up. a professional. <laughs> we might have to hire him. I just work here part-time and on weekends. I don't know anything. Is <laughs> <laughs> the temp help. <laughs> yes. Well, while this bourbon's being poured, I am a Kentucky girl born and raised. I moved away for college, went to George Mason University, started working in hotels and restaurants, knew I wanted to be in food and beverage, not quite sure what part I wanted. I thought at first I wanted to be a restaurant owner until I was a restaurant manager. So 
quite, can't quite say I want to do that anymore, but I do love what I'm doing now. So I met my husband in D.C. We took a five-week road trip across the country, didn't know what we were going to do or where we were going to be, and ended up in Washington. I applied for a job to work in the tasting room at Woodenville Whiskey, so my first official role in the whiskey business. And they called me a whiskey geek because I was super into all the other brands. Every time I came back home, I was visiting different Kentucky distilleries. As we traveled the country, we were visiting breweries and distilleries. And then I became their first salesperson. So I will be with them for six years next month. So it's been an awesome roller coaster of a ride. That's awesome. So how early were you exposed to bourbon like whiskey? I know, you know, in Kentucky it varies. Twenty one. Yeah, no, no, no. Well, yes, I'm not saying from the drinking perspective, but like, the like, question is that, yeah, of I know. It's 21. Um, but like, is, is it like, does your family, like, did your family drink whiskey, like your, your parents and things like that? Cause I know, you know, like with AJ and, and you guys, your whole family, it's like a family yeah. tradition, right? Like, were you the first one or how far back did that kind of go? My dad definitely drinks bourbon. He always had Maker's Mark growing up. So that, classic red wax it will always have a special place in my heart but no one else really in the family drank whiskey there was a lot of beer drinking and my grandpa drinks a martini every day at 4 p.m so clearly not whiskey but i you know it's some kentucky distillate coming from heaven hill for his vodka you can make it my manhattan and it's serve it up yeah it's close enough right that's right yeah yeah i'm not sure he likes the barrel aging as much but and my uncles drink it as well but it wasn't anything that was a tradi- tradition or anything like that. But my sister, the one who's 21, absolutely hates bourbon whiskey. So I don't know She'll what to do around. about that. She'll come around. <laughs> Fellas, just find out her name. Just pass. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, like it's weird. But when you're super young, there's not a ton of people that are in their early 20s that like bourbon or any kind of whiskey. Um Usually, as a rule, you 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 were different. You were like you know you had it in the bottle. But I, I, was, like, I was born this way. Yeah, um, <laughs> he but, skipped whiskey and went straight to moonshine. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it was. He started. Like, a, we no, don't need a barrel. No, he I started mean, I, on moonshine I, and went to whiskey. Oh, He's so like, I, I got to down. I was born in Pike County, so oh yeah. Well, you and Raylan <laughs> Givens. <laughs> you know that's justified. <laughs> I see, see what, what you, you did, did there, there. and I appreciate it. Uh, this has uh, this has got a really because we know that it's going to take Logan like six months to try this because he smells everything. Go. See, <laughs> all right. So let me ask you this: so there's a Kentucky way to drink bourbon called the Kentucky Chew. Is there a Washington way to drink bourbon? I mean, you could call it a Washington Chew. Is it the same? Yeah, but just a different location. Just so, a different location. The Washington Wash. You gotta, yeah, the there Washington you go. Wash. Ah, see. I do tell everyone to always have at least two sips before they judge it. I like the nose on it. It's nice and sweet. Yeah. Um, I get a lot of vanilla and a lot of corn. It's, it's nice, right? Like, and I don't want to, I don't want to sound bad when I say it's a nice mellow whiskey. Like it doesn't punch you in the, in the teeth, but it's got the flavor behind it that it holds its own for what it is. Cause it's what 80, is it 80 proof or 90? 90 90 proof. So like, but it, it's not that it's, it doesn't have a kick to it at all, which I, which I like. like, this is a great sipping whiskey. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's probably I mean, why it, I have it a lot. It's very sweet up front. Like it kind of, the rice spice in the back end gets you a little bit, but not in a bad way. Like I love that mm-hmm. spice, but for as sweet as it was on that initial sip and then that to finish it up was, I mean, 
So, I mean, by the time I taste it tomorrow, um, I, I can email <laughs> yeah. you guys. But right now, the <laughs> nose, <laughs> the nose it, it's floral. There's some floral notes to it and almost like a, like a juniper type um, nose a little bit. All right, Fred. No, it does almost have that kind of evergreeny. Yeah. No, it does. It it definitely that that's what I couldn't peg that evergreeny type. I'll be here all week. <laughs> and there's an apple and orchard on the farm, and he still won't have drank that whiskey yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a great nose. Yeah, I, I'm I I like the nose a hell of a lot on this. There's almost a little bit of a raisin. Yes. To it, like, yes. Was like raisin or plum or. See, this is why we do these things. People are like, "Oh, you're snobby." No, like we're helping each other figure this shit out. It's like a, it's like a puzzle. So, do you have a wec- a recommended way of drinking it? I like to say drink it how I like it because then you'll drink more of it, and that yeah. helps me. <laughs> but how Fair. do you drink? That's the sales pitch right there. <laughs> <laughs> I drink the bourbon neat, and then yeah. I typically drink the rye in cocktails. So I'll make it old fashioned or Manhattan or Sazerac, something booze forward. But the summer. My drink of choice was a New York sour, so I used the bourbon Ooh, in that. Nice. I love red wine too, so that little <clears throat> bit of red wine float turns purple, which is my favorite color. So and good it ta- cocktail. Ties the whole area together. That you know, you got the wine country right there with everything you're doing. I'm a fan. I like this one. Awesome. We also won our biggest award yet last year at the San Francisco Spirits Competition. We got best straight bourbon, so we were super honored to beat any straight bourbon whiskey that was entered in that competition. And the award came out at the best time. I mean, April was a scary time for everyone last year. So as far as size of the distillery, are, are you putting out 50 barrels a day? Are you putting out 1,000 barrels a day? We are at 25 barrels a day right now. And okay. we finished an expansion last October. So we jumped from about 7 to 8 barrels a day to that 25. And so we have three stills that are 1,500 gallons. Excuse me, 1,300 gallons, 5,000 liters. And it's a pot and column still from the Coda Company in Stuttgart, Germany. So we do batch distillation every single time. Right now we're doing two batches. It takes about 12 hours a day to do. And then next year we hope to go to 24-hour distillation. So then we'll be about 50 barrels a day, which is our capacity, uh, without doing another expansion at the distillery. And how many states are you guys in right now? We're in 23 states and D.C. Nice. So you're expanding pretty quickly. Very quickly. Last year, we went more places than we originally thought when we started losing all of our bar and restaurant business. Mm-hmm. And so everyone's we went to... drinking at home now. Yes, everyone's <laughs> drinking at home. So our numbers have been astronomical, um, but we don't plan to go to any new markets for quite a few years. Maybe one or two will sneak in there, but not until all this whiskey that started coming off the still last October is at least five years old. So everything you're drinking tonight is at least five years old. So... That was going to be the next question. Yeah. Uh, how, how I think we all have, to, have the same thought there. <laughs> Are the rise at five, too? Or? It is. Okay. Full-size barrels as well. When now we I'm first started, excited. we did White Dog and Vodka the first two years. And from 2012 to 2015-16, we had these eight-gallon barrels that aged the whiskey very quickly. But mm-hmm. definitely not as good as these full-size 53-gallon barrels. Interesting. So... You know, obviously here in Kentucky, you being from Louisville, you've experienced it. You've seen it of if you throw a rock in Kentucky, you'll likely hit a distillery. And then when it skips, it'll hit 25 tourists right after, right? <laughs> so are you getting the support in Washington the, the same way you experience here in Kentucky? 
Absolutely. Uh, we are in wine country, you know, so there's over 400,000 visitors that come to Woodenville just to visit the tasting rooms there. And we get about 10% of that, which is insane to think yeah. that many people are coming. That's part of the reason they put the distillery in Woodenville, because if booze tourists are already coming, then they'll most likely check out a distillery as well. So sometimes we're the catalyst, they're coming to visit us, and then they'll also visit some distilleries or excuse me, wineries. There are a few other distilleries and breweries in town too. So you can literally get the trifecta in a day. Very nice. You're going to have to pour less moving forward. Just saying, because if we're going to make it through four and later shenanigans, like I wanted the full experience. <laughs> I want the full experience too, but not the one where I end up sleeping on I your couch. Work eventually tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. At some point, <laughs> I, mean, I, would, I would love to say that that would be the first time that that's happened. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's not. Won't be the last. <laughs> not the first, not the last. So what's the next one we're going for? Let's go to the 100% rye whiskey. We'll finish with the, oh, the sweeter JC. options, you know. Nice. Poor, poor JC. So looking at the bottle, as I pour these, it's a super cool bottle. Ooh, that's a that's that was, a cork mm, pop. That was a good cork pop right there. Is there any reason you y'all chose that? The bottle shape? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so our micro-barreled whiskey that I was telling you about were in round bottles, a little shorter and squattier. So when we released our first five-year-old product, we really wanted to make sure it stood out, that it was a different product. So that's how we ended up with a rectangular shape compared to our round bottles that we used to have. And our designer, we were actually his first spirits brand he's ever worked with. And so Brett and Orland wanted it to have a strong feel. So when you pick it up, it's kind of like a decanter. You get that cork pop, which sounded so great right after. The corks are quite expensive. And so we've had to play around with them over the years. It used to be 100% cork. Now it's a wood and cork hybrid. And then the glass bottles are a specialty shape as well. They're embossed on the side. It says Woodenville and then also made in Washington. So we are proud of the fact that we are made in Washington. Do you obviously you said that that you're doing really well but is there anybody when you just talk to them that it's kind of like oh you're in washington and you make bourbon it must not be good i would say there are a handful of people absolutely that i've met like that but over the six years i've been with them i would say year after year it's less and less that type of person i run into and i think that's just because people are getting more educated with how they're figuring out what's in their bottle that they're purchasing. Is it sourced from somewhere else or was it aged for a certain amount of time? The, sorry, going back to the bottle, the building on the front, is that the, is that the still? Is that the original still? That is our newest distillery. So about a mile down the road from where we first started, we moved in there in 2015 so the building to the left, where there's, it's a little shorter than the rest of the building, that's our tasting room. And then the part that sticks out is where our original columns are and the still. And then to the right is where the fermenters are, the mill, mash tons, all that. All right. I really like this. And I'm not a rye person. I really like this. Awesome. The nose on it is great. Like, you know how normally you get a rye and it like kind of punches you a little bit just because of that spiciness. I don't get that spiciness at all. It's actually, it's super sweet for a rye. Yeah. Like super sweet. Is this the same kind of rye? It's the same kind of rye that's in our bourbon. It is a baker's grade rye. So Arnie Omelin actually went to a local bakery in Quincy, Washington to get some starter to grow our rye. They are now the largest rye grower in the state of Washington as well. And so it's kind of like what you'd have in your rye bread, you know, pumpernickel kind of 
rye like that. I don't know exactly what strain it is. I just know that it's a baker's grade. I got you. And I think the terroir of the land is important too. So Eastern Washington, volcanic soil out there is going to be very different than a rye grown here in the Midwest or Canada. And that's a trend that you, you mentioned going to get the starter, right? That's a trend that exists in bread that needs to come to whiskey. Of yes. You get a starter yeast and, and mm-hmm. recipe yeah. and you make your own bread and then you take that, that you know sour mash and you give it to somebody else and they make it. Yeah. We need to start that trend with whiskey to where you distill a little bit of whiskey and then you take it to somebody else and they distill a little bit of whiskey. I, I think this could be a thing. This kind of grows and evolves. Yeah, so I like think more. it could be a and thing. And it just ends up in my backyard. That's what I'm screaming. <laughs> <laughs> or, or one of those become real barrels. It's like the mole of whiskey, like this, this living thing that evolves and people just keep adding to it. As Listen, it goes. I'm more hype about the fact that when I said those become real barrels, Mac was the one that started nodding her head the most and it wasn't Logan. I knew I like you the most. Logan's just like, shut up. <laughs> this is really good. I'm not going to lie. This is so good. I for, for someone who is not a rye person, I really, really like this. Again, similar, a lot of similar nose to the other, but I get more dill in mm-hmm. this one, which is is not something I normally go for, but with, with the rye, it's good. I'm just so surprised at how sweet this is for, for a 100% rye. Like, I don't get any... Is this 100% rye? It is 100% okay, rye. I, I've missed that on the... Are you getting any... Like, you're not getting, like, the normal kind of spice kick that you get with a rye, are you? It's, no, it's a, I mean, you get a little tinge to it. It's almost like the... It's almost like a menthol kind of, mm-hmm. like, tongue feel. Like, But... On the back... The deal is a new thing I've been getting in a couple of ryes recently that I'm... Yeah. I had some that I've drank that I was like... Tastes like I drank a pickle jar, but on the back, I'm getting almost like an orange raisin, Mm -hmm. like in the back when it kind of lingers. Yeah. Which is odd because then I have to remind myself I'm drinking a rye. I'm definitely getting candied orange peel today. Yeah, that's that's also trying to think. I tasted something candied because it was way too sweet and I was trying to pick what. But it tastes like have you ever made like. Like the real orange, you just orange peel, throw them in simple sugar, and then that's, we used to make our own fruit slices that way. (laughs) That's very good, isn't it? That is a very, very smooth rye. Like that's, that's probably the most, one of the most unique ryes I think I've ever had. It's got to be because it's five years old and there's not a ton of rye that's out there that's aged five years. Not a ton. And correct me if I'm wrong. So, you know, with rye, you can get away with aging a little less, right? right? You know, because of, of, of the spice that goes in with it, Mm -hmm. but also just the robust flavor from the rye. You're able to pull out more more flavor points and, and, and mask some of the, the, you know, the white dog as we would call it. Right. Mm -hmm. So so at five years old, I mean, that's a good aged rye. Yeah. That's almost like a 10-year-old bourbon, kind of, like if you're comparing it. In, in dog years. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, like so if you were going to age years, a bourbon, yeah. like two years, six years is a good bourbon, two years is a good rye. That's almost, this is almost like a 10-year-old. In rye years. Yeah. This is, in right. rye years. That's right. I'm trying to like, I'm racking my brain. Like I'm trying to think of if there's any rye out there that I've had that's been more than like four years old. Um, off the top of my head, can you think of any? I've had I've had many that are. Is older. Handy Handy's over than older than that, right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So I've had Handy. Mm-hmm. I just had Handy for eight pounds of pour. <laughs> that was pretty awesome. 
Um, and there's a Michter's Tin Year Rye, isn't there? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And that's very unique as well. After that, I'm trying to think like it's rare. Like I, you, yeah. I'm not, I can think of a ton of 10 year bourbons, five, you know, yeah. but I can't Some think of Some of the Knob Creeks uh, that you got in your hand or yeah. get up there a little bit. How, too. how old is that one? Uh, this is a six year. Six year rye? Yeah. Oh, but, uh, a lot but of it's people way, will... way different than the Woodenville. Oh, yeah. I mean, this, oh, that's a totally different. This is rye. a hit you in the face rye. Yeah. It, in the Woodenville is, is very smooth. I mean, you could easily drink that just on ice or, I mean, heck, you could drink With a cigar. It. I mean, I would almost be, have to try that. Mm-hmm. I, I'd almost be worried to put this in a cocktail because it, I don't want to say delicate on flavor, but I feel like it could get masked easy, like it not stand up like some of the spice on the rye, but not in a bad way at all. No. This is a, I mean, I like it just the way it is. Yeah. Is, and I haven't had it in a cocktail, so I'm just guessing. Ariel, what do you think this plays in with like the barrel, what what you're doing with the barrels because you're aging them for 18 months and doing a deep char, right? Like, so yes, heavy toast and a heavy char. So I think that's where a lot of the vanilla character is coming from doing that deep toast on it to pull out that natural <laughs> vanillin in the oak. And are then you alternating staves. Or are you doing double barreling? We just a heavy char and a heavy toast. We use it same barrel. So yeah. we do a heavy toast for 45 minutes. And then after it cools down, we'll do the heavy char for okay. about 45 seconds you. and then pour water on it. I've got you. Yeah, the yummy. The, yes, yeah. That that. Now you speak of my language. I know. I'm, I'm nerding out over here in my head. So the, <laughs> the the heavy char is super unique. I mean, the most common is a level four, and so you're doing that additional additional char plus the additional toasting, which you know pulls out that triloses, which you know creates that caramel, creates that vanilla, and I mean that's the thing with with that ride. Normally, you would expect it to be very. Um, you know, heavy in the grain, heavy in, you know, some of baking the, spices. Yeah. Some of the spices. Whereas this, gosh, it is super, super smooth for a rye. All right. We need to go to the next one because we're going to drink the whole bottle of that. <laughs> what do we got next? Next is our port cast finished bourbon. So these three products, we're are- filming in front of a live studio audience, by the way, and the studio and the audience <laughs> just went wild when they heard what we were about. There you go. <laughs> So tell us, tell us more about this one. Yes. Yeah, so this is our bourbon whiskey, that first one that you had, but finished in ruby port barrels from Portugal. Originally, we tried to get all Washington State or Oregon dessert wine barrels to really support the Pacific Northwest wineries. But as you may know, that's not a very popular style in that pop- mm-hmm. of the country or in general in the U.S. So now we get all of them imported over from Portugal. And so it's about a three to six month aging process, depending on what time of year we put that whiskey in the barrel. In the summer, it's hot and fast. That infusion of color and flavor happens very quickly, hence the three month mark. If we put it in about this time of year, it'll take about six months to get that same level. So it is 90 proof, just like the regular bourbon. But as you can tell in the bottle, that it's a smells lot darker. like flat wine. Flat wine, it's just straight wine. That's I'm I'm getting all wine, not like flat wine. Like that's stupid because there's no bubbling. It's make it nice. don't li- listen, Max. Stop over being over here green with everything I'm saying. Um, no, like he only it, agrees when you trash yourself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> trash myself, and when I say those need to be real barrels, everything else I'm just wrong. Um, and no, it's really weird how much just straight wine I'm getting out of this from the nose. Yeah, so I get a lot of cocoa and then that dried fruit that you'd expect in a dessert wine barrel. Yeah. Like this, if, if you put this up to my nose and just said smell it, I would I would probably guess this is a red wine. 
I also think this is the perfect time of year to drink it when it starts getting a little cooler out, yeah. get a fireplace, maybe sit outside by the fire and have a big old pour of this. So what's your, you hear of a lot of port finishes now and, and various finishes, but you're not seeing a ton of integration into cocktails. If you were going to make a cocktail out of this, what would you make? I really like a black Manhattan with it. So using Amaro instead of the sweet vermouth mm. because it's already such a sweeter bourbon with that mm-hmm. port flavor as well. So you get the spiciness from the Amaro, I guess, depending on which Amaro you use. I've also put it into a bramble. So with the creme de mure, the, I think it's blackberry liqueur and some lemon juice. Um, it covers up the port finish just a little bit better, but it is such a full-bodied whiskey, it stands out. This would be really good in a bramble. What's funny is the bar that I was at in, uh, in Edinburgh that had all the whiskey that was cheap was called Bramble. Hmm. AJ, we lost the over-under, by the way. How long it would take for him to bring up, you know, Edinburgh or Europe. Yeah, he's already dropped that with the uh, $8 pours. He's already humble-bragged a little bit. It wasn't even humble. It's just, <laughs> you, listen, you find a honey, honey hole, you find it, and you go to it every time you're around it. Well, you went to a place that nobody drinks bourbon. They all drink scotch. Hey, I can't help it that they don't know what's good. Did you drink lots of scotch, though, while you were I there? I did. I did. I did. Um, well, I was very surprised because um, AJ knows this. Normally, I like Isla scotch. Mm-hmm. And um, um, I was very surprised that the one that I liked was not Isla. It was Speyside. Um, it was not as old, so I had a 27, 25, and 23, and the 27 and 25 were double-barreled and darker, and I like double-barreled bourbon. I did not like double-barreled scotch. Interesting. Really yeah. weird. And then, like, he surprised me. He's actually going to... We're, we're going to get the guy that, that ran it on the show. He, he knows his shit, like, really well. But what really really threw me for a loop is then I said, surprise me with something. He brought it out. He said, do you like this? And I did, and it was a four-year-old scotch blew my mind and he's just like this is how they do it how it actually doesn't taste so bad blew my mind it's pretty awesome i really want to go over there next year have you ever done this in like a whiskey sour i know you mentioned your new york sour and i was kind of picturing this already having the wine in it yes i've done it with a new york sour and then made it more dessert like so i did a port float on top then red wine okay so then the whole cocktail was way sweeter but it was like my dessert for the evening well, like I like on a lot of my cocktails, I like using a lot of herbs in it. Like when I make my whiskey sours, like one of my favorite things is putting sage in it. Ooh, you know, yeah. you get a lot of herbs and everything that accentuate it a lot more um, and kind of draw out more of those flavors. And this would be one if you hit it with something like made a whiskey sour with this and hit some sage on it, you know, would be an interesting one. Sounds like the perfect Thanksgiving cocktail. So, Ariel, one of the questions that we get all the time is, you know, my, my wife or my husband or whomever, they don't like bourbon. They don't like whiskey. They're wine drinkers. They're tequila drinkers. You know, what's a good starter for them to, to get into? So if being in the middle of wine country, someone comes to you and says, I'm a wine drinker, but I, I, this whiskey train is rolling. I want to jump on it. What of your lineup are you starting them with? I would start them with this podcast finished bourbon for sure. And it happens all the time. When I worked in the tasting room, I would say more times than not, people came in and they'd say, I never had whiskey before. I want to try one. And I can't imagine that you've never had whiskey before, especially some of these um, 
older gals and guys, <laughs> <laughs> but also, um, I think this one's just like sweet and easy drinking more like a dessert. And I tell them to, you know, take your first sip, blow out. It's going to shock your taste buds, especially if you're not used to drinking high proof spirits and then take a second sip. And that usually wins everyone over, you know, sometimes they're just not a whiskey drinker at all. They'll stick with the wine. Yeah. I have to admit, I, I'm not a big fan of this one, but that isn't par for the course for me. I do not normally like wine type finished whiskeys. Yeah. I don't, I, I'm just, it's just, I, it's weird to me. I, I'm it's not a knock, in the but, same boat, uh, but this, this is good. It's not bad. Like I will yeah. tell you, it's not the worst one I've ever had, but for, for me and my palate, like I'm not the first two home runs. I'm going to buy those and that's going, they're going on the shelf. This one, eh. Like I'll be, I'm being the voice oh, yeah. of reason in it, right? Like I don't want to just say like I like everything and, and stuff. This just this one's not for me. All right, since this is in front of a live studio audience, mm-hmm. I know some of them aren't whiskey drinkers, but she are, likes it. Instead, are port finished. Thumbs up, thumbs down. If you if it's you like favorite. port finish, you're probably gonna really like it. It's her favorite. Yeah. yeah. Yes, there was a list from distiller.com two summers ago that listed 10 port finish whiskeys from around the world to try. We were number three on the list, which very honored. The only American whiskey in front of us was Angel's Envy Cast Strength, which is also delicious, just yeah. much harder to find. Right. And then we had a, a sister distillery, Glenmore and Company out of Scotland, who has a port finish, and they were number eight on the list. So we have bragging rights in, in our family that we can have the better port finish. Well, it's one of those that, like, I feel like a lot of whiskeys need to be drank in the right situation. I like agree. If you were going to drink this, well said. If you were going to drink this just to drink, like you were drinking rye or bourbon or anything, it's probably not going to be for you. But if we just had a big steak dinner and everything else, and we were, I can get behind that. We were that. sitting here stuffed and pour this. That's yeah. It's going to take the place of what port would or any fortified wine would have in that. That's I would eat drink that with steak. Yeah. I would almost like that like I would you know how like people will dip a piece of steak in wine? I would almost dip steak in that. I bet you can make an interesting sauce Who did out of that. Steak in the oh, wine. Yeah. Weird people, shut up. And and it's always the person <laughs> next to you, it's never yeah. your own wine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like yeah. All right, what's the what's the what's the last one we've got? So this is our Muscatel finished bourbon whiskey. It's a hundred proof, so the highest proof that you'll have tonight. And this is our harvest release this year. So we like to celebrate Ooh. the harvest of the grains. So you might not like this one either since it is a dessert wine. But as far as I know, we are one of the first bourbon whiskeys to ever be finished in Muscatel. I've, I've not house. had one of these, so we I've, don't I've know. never even heard of one. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard of a lot of different finishes. I've never heard of this one. So the, What's awesome, look, look at the purple tint when he pours that. It's is pretty that, wild. That's pretty interesting. Like If nothing else, I might not like it, but the tint on this is a, is unreal. Yeah, you can even see it. So I tried it straight from the barrel while it was still aging, and it was super cloudy. Thank so we you. did have to do some filtering on this. Most of our special releases, gosh, can't talk. We like to do non-chill filtered. But these barrels were crazy looking. Imagine a 53-gallon barrel if you stretched out the ends another foot. So it was mm-hmm. not super wide in the middle, but as you got further out, it was very small on the edges. I like the nose on it. Yeah, like it's got my, a nice nose. Like my friends down at like Iron Root um, that do that, they have some Pinot de Chartin and some different Armagnac, and you get some weird shaped barrels that, um, once you're finishing different things, you know they're not the typical barrels everyone's got in their rickhouse or in their basement. Now this one, you get a little <laughs> bit more of that that 
I think you get a little bit more spice on the nose on this one of all the of of all four we've had. This one I get more spice on. Agreed. It smells like the holidays to me. I'm actually struggling with what I actually smell on this one. It's it's flavorful. Yeah, it's there's there's cinnamon in there. There's there's black pepper. There's again going back to that clove and even like a rosemary. Yeah, I get rosemary for sure. It's robust, which is cool. I mean, that's that's the thing about whiskey now. Again, you throw a rock, you hit a distillery. Um, everybody has to come up with something unique, something different, something that puts them on the map. And and especially the finished and even really the rye. I haven't tasted anything quite like these. You know, they are definitely unique, which, you know, you guys are, I'm sure, going for, right? Yes. We're putting these on the shelf, right? Like, I think we're uniform and... Something oh, yeah. is oh for sure. Something from them is going on the shelf. Oh yeah, no, multiple things. Have you had them before this? Yes, I've had a few different ones. Cheater. Um, well, <laughs> I drink a lot of whiskey. So. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first time I've had it. Yeah, that, so I've had the bourbon. That's that's the only one I've had. So of in here, five people haven't had this yet. So it's pretty good. Yeah. Now this is a very dry finish, but like the it's, amount of flavor that hits you in up front though is Do you get like the weird up front back hit on this one? Like that it hits you kind of differently when you hit the up front flavor and then the one that hits you in the back? Yeah. So, you know, just kind of watching, obviously taste the proof a little bit more. This one's what, a hundred? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you can definitely feel that proof a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um but it it's still it doesn't make you hot afterwards. It doesn't, it, that, that hug isn't super deep. Um, which, I mean, you know, for someone that's new to whiskey, someone that is coming from wine or, or beer, you know, these would definitely be a good one. Oh, to, yeah. These are good to move ways, you know, kind of move, get that oak taste and a little bit of the other. I get chocolate. I'm getting chocolate. It's like a dark chocolate because uh-huh. there's a little I bit like of bitterness this. at the back end. Like Max had s'mores. See, Ariel, you said you're not going to like this. I like this one. You do? I do like this one. I, a lot, actually. I'm glad. Yeah, I think all of these, don't get me wrong, the bourbon is good. I've, I've had the bourbon. I haven't had the three most recent. But all of these are ones that if somebody says, I don't like finished whiskeys, like, okay, you know, let me line this up for you. I'm not going to tell you what's finished and what's not. And I bet you it, it – it's finished, but they're not super robust finished. Like some of the finished whiskeys, some of the finished you can overdo that you get, it very easily. Exa- yeah. yeah, you can way overdo it. These are are subtle, but a slight flavor difference. That's right? why the port finish, where I, I actually could drink it, like if it was like the only thing out there, and I wouldn't hate it. Where some finished whiskeys, to what you said, are so ever overbearing. Even if it was there, you're just mm-hmm. like, nah, I just won't drink it. And that rye, I mean that rye. Mm. How many people do you talk to though that go, I don't like rye whiskey? A right. lot. A Again, lot. that's another one of those. This guy. That, yeah, <laughs> let me let me Man. pour this for you, and and you tell me which one's rye, which one's bourbon. I'm buying it. I, like the next time I'm at the store, I will be buying that rye. I'm not I'm not even joking. It, it. It's that good. Yeah, really good. They're all good. None of them are ones that I would you know give away to someone. Like you know, we got a lot of bottles, and so some people come over and you give them the good stuff. If they're tasting it towards the end of the night, you're like, yeah, what Here. bottles do I want to get rid of? Yeah. You know, <laughs> these Very aren't, you, these aren't any of those. 
You do well, that thank too. You. <laughs> it's great. That's right, Paul. I can't wait to pour you some stuff later. It's gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna <laughs> love it. It's a good thing I brought my own. Right? You're gonna love Paul, it. Paul's gonna be leaving here. You're like, man, they're such good friends. They gave me these bottles to leave. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Ariel, give a thank you so much for uh, for joining us. This has been this has been great. Uh, give everyone out there where they can find uh, more information out about Woodenville, where they can shop you guys online and all that good stuff. Perfect. Yes, we are in 23 states, so unfortunately we don't ship everywhere, um, but there are some California retailers that do ship quite a few places. So if you are in Washington, WoodenvilleWhiskeyCo.com is our online store. We also have a product locator on there as well, so you can find your favorite local shop. If they don't have it, ask for it. We update that list monthly. And if you have any specific questions about Woodenville, you can find me on Instagram at A-R-A-E. E-J-A-H-N, A-Ray-Yon. I couldn't married into it. <laughs> um, I love to talk all things whiskey, and of course I drink other whiskeys outside of Woodenville, but it does have a special place in my heart. That's awesome. No, it's definitely solid and, stuff. And where can they find Woodenville and all that stuff on the gram and Facebook and all yes. that good stuff? Woodenville Whiskey Co. for both of them. So Facebook.com, okay. Woodenville Whiskey Co., and then um, Instagram, same thing. And they're in all major retailers around Kentucky. I've seen them everywhere. So mm-hmm. if, uh, w- and do you have the list of states on your website? I don't know if they're listed out there. They can just ask you on the gram then. It's on yeah, the product. product I could list them right yeah. now, but 23. No, we won't list them all. It's fine. <laughs> Final thoughts, Logan. I, I would love for someone, if they haven't had it, to set these up in a blind. You know, I agree. The blind is where the hype train goes to die. You know, so many yeah. people say, well, you know, my favorite whiskey's this or my favorite bourbon's this. And then you set it up in a blind and they don't pick it, right? You yeah. know, it, it, with newer companies or smaller distilleries, um, you know, ones that are only in 23 states, you may go, ah, oh, they're small time. They don't, you know, deserve their place in the limelight. Set it up in a blind. I think you'd be surprised. Yeah, I mean you're gonna you're always gonna have that underdog that comes out kind of swinging against some of the big ones. I mean, right? And so I, why wow, basketball's big here, you know? Yeah. You said you went to George Mason; they made it to the Final Four out of nowhere. Yeah, you know, Jim <laughs> like, Yeah, but I mean, th- these are definitely all solid bottles. And I agree. Now I kind of want that port one. Now I want a steak after I said that. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm, it's weird. Like I ate dinner, but now I'm hungry again. It's just weird how that goes. So Ariel, thank you so much for joining us. Um, also, Logan, thank you for uh, guest hosting. Uh, first time, probably not the last time. You can find them at basement underscore Rickhouse on the gram. I don't remember what your TikTok handle is. Same, same thing. Same, same thing. And all the lovely TikTok dances. All the TikTok be, dances right. he's going to be doing. All that kind of good stuff. Um, it's going to be a Movember. It's just going to be him dancing. I <laughs> what you did there, and I appreciate that. <laughs> oh, God. Thank you so much for joining us. Remember, a bourbon with friends can change the world. That's it for this episode of Bourbon with Friends. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. While you're at it, leave us a review to make it easier for others to find the show. You can also check us out on Instagram at BWF Podcast. Thanks for listening.